pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the day in which you've given us. God, we thank you for the time in which we can come into your house. God, that we can uh, see our family, um, our, our brothers and sisters. God, where we can uh, understand that uh, you brought us together for a reason. God, that you have purpose for our lives. And uh, Lord, that we can lay aside our burdens, our, our, our worries, our concerns for a, a few moments out of our hectic lives to hear from you. Uh, God, we ask as uh, we, we lay those down, that as we hear your words and as we understand your truth, that we can, we can leave them when we leave. God, that, that it's, we need to be dependent on you in all that we do. God, we know that um, as we pray, you hear us. God, we, we know that as um, the great noise of the universe, you hear our voice, and you're tuned into that. God, we ask as we open your word that you speak to our hearts. Lord, we come to worship you. Praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. How are we doing today? Good? I'm doing fantabulous. Are you going to make it through service? Yeah? You get a cough drop? Thank you. I was going to say if anybody had a cough drop to throw it at you, but uh, if you've already got one. <laughs> if you still want to throw it at her, that's fine. Um, that, that, that's fine. Hey, whatever. I know how your aim is. <laughs> um, so we've been in a, a series for the past uh, three weeks. This is week number four, um, a series that Dan started on, on prayer. Um, and uh, we're going to continue on in that. We've got prayer, um, we, we have that this week, and then next week we're going to finish it with a, um, I'm, I'm super excited about next week just because of, of, of the nature of what we're going to be going over. Uh, we're going to be going over the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to be breaking that down and just uh, hearing uh, Jesus' heart through that, um, and you're going to Kind of next week, you're going to kind of see a little bit of hints of what we talked about this week and last week. Um, but it's it, that's a beautiful part of, of teaching God's word because it all goes together uh, sooner or later, one way or another. So um, we started out. Uh, Dan started out with the uh, uh, pray for your pastor, which I, uh, I greatly, Shannon and I, uh, we greatly uh, appreciate that. Um, prayer is something that uh, I believe is, is very powerful, and we're going to see that even the Bible tells us that uh, prayer has great power uh, today. But um, we started out with that, and then we got, went into having confidence in, in, in praying, um, because I think that's something that, that is hard for a lot of people, that they don't really feel confident in, in, in prayer. Um, and we discussed that we, we are to have confidence, not in confidence in us, but confidence in God. And then we took that, 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 that train even further last week with trust, where we talked about how confidence was like the things in which you are, are, are known and which we can see, but trust is like taking that next step into the, the unknown. I have confidence in God, but I'm, I'm trusting him to do what it is I have confidence in. So we talked about that um, 
last week. Uh, this week, we're going to kind of shift gears a little bit, and um, we're going to talk about dependency. Because I, I think that uh, we can hear about, yeah, I need to be confident, and yeah, I need to trust, um, but we need to do all of this uh, um, in dependency, not independent, but in space dependency. We need to be dependent upon God, and that's what we're going to, uh, we're going to look at today. So if you have a Bible, um, we're going to start out in James chapter 5, and I was explaining to the class this morning that, that uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this all works out because normally I got a, a really good game plan uh, as far as, okay, this is what I, I believe that God's speaking to me about, and this is a clear message in which I want to get out. But, but this week, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not uneasy, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a little anxious to see where God takes this. Uh, Because there are some things I'll tell you straight off the bat right now that um, when it comes to to prayer, no one has it all figured out. And anybody who says, well, I got it all figured out and I, you know, you've got to do this and you got to do this. Well, then what happens is they read the Bible and something else is thrown in here. So what, we, what I want to kind of throw out there is what we're going to do is kind of flesh out some things uh, this morning. Um, and my, my prayer is that we do that in about 30 minutes, um, not 30 hours. But uh, I, I thought a good place in which we can start um, learning about dependency um, in, in prayer is in James chapter 5. So um, if you're taking notes and you want to write this at the top, uh, this is kind of like the big idea. Prayer is expressing dependency on God. Prayer is expressing dependency on God. And we're going to kind of come back to this over and over and over again. So um, in James chapter 5, verse 13, this is where we'll start. We're just going to go 13 through 18. But um, what we need to understand is, is who James is. James is the, um, the, the little brother of, of Jesus, and, and we can understand that um, if, if we're going to, and I, I want to say this in a way that doesn't minimize anybody else, any of the other authors of the Bible, because I think all are important, but I'm thinking along these lines of, so if, if somebody's going to be talking and giving instruction um, to a, a, a great magnitude of, um, in regards to God, in regards to prayer, in regards to you know, Jesus, um, it, it, it's kind of just really um, impactful for me that his little brother, who said he was crazy at one time, is now writing and is now instructing um, us to understand Jesus as God. So because no one in here that has a, a little brother would ever, they would never um, say, hey, uh, that dude's God or that, that, that chick's God, right? Because they, they know you, right? My, my little brother definitely, well, he would probably say the opposite of that. No, that dude's the Antichrist. I remember, I remember what he used to do to me when I was a kid. So the, the, I, I like this because it brings a whole lot, a whole lot of, of power, more power, maybe not. Um, not saying I, I'm partial to this, but I, I think that it, it's a, a good insight, a good look into, um, you know, the, the overall picture in which we're, we're going to be painting here of dependency. Because dependency is, is, is clearly needed. I'll say this, we, we, we are, we're not created to be independent of God. No matter what society tries to tell, tell us, self-help, you do this, you get to your inner being, 
it, it doesn't work. It hasn't worked for thousands of years. That's the great lie of the devil is you can be independent. No, no, no we can't. We weren't, we weren't made that way. If anybody in here thinks that they can be independent of God, hold your breath. Seriously, I mean, it's a very logical way to look at it. You are dependent. You are created to be dependent. Not only physically dependent, but spiritually dependent. Here, we understand that this dependency is communicated and is expressed through prayer. Verse 13, chapter 5 of James. Let's get started. Is, any, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. I love how, how that starts out. So if they're suffering, uh, James says, okay, pray about it. Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise, which singing praise is, is, is a form of, of prayer. It's a form of, of worship. It's a form of communing, communing with, with God. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So, um... This is where a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of, they, they always gravitate to this verse. I'm sick, I need prayed for. Absolutely. We, we, we want to pray for you. Well, I'm really sick, so I need, you know, bring the WD-40 with you, and we're going to anoint. It, it's kind of, it is funny. I mean, there's no, there, there's nowhere in Scripture it tells, like, exact, okay, this is how you do, this is what you use, and it, it's, it's anointing with oil. This, this is a, 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 an understanding of, of a, a, it's a representation. It's a symbolic thing. So when it's anointing with oil, the oil is actually symbolic of the Holy Spirit. It's a covering of the Holy Spirit. So I'm thinking, if you ask me to anoint you with oil, I'm bringing a can of WD-40, because I want to make sure I get every part of you, Right? You'd be squeaky clean, squeak free, right? No, so, and, and I'm not making light of that, but I think that that's the understanding. We get a better understanding. It's anointing. So when it's the elders are praying for you when you are sick, you're being anointed. You're being covered fully with the Holy Spirit. So he goes on to say, and this is where this little bit of, of, of tension comes in, and we're going to have a, a little bit of a Greek lesson, which is awesome. We ready? And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, okay, why did I, why, why did I read that first word in, in the second, or that, in that next sentence, or that next verse? Because that therefore says, okay, stop for a second, look at the previous, and understand this. All right, I'm glad you're all on board with me here. Remember, prayer is, is, is an expression or is expressing dependency on God. Here what we have to understand, it says the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. Automatically what happens is, okay, if I pray and if I have faith, they'll get better. It's like, okay, I just made a formula. That is not what is being communicated here. Am I minimizing prayer? No, 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 no. I'm going to hopefully clear this up a little bit. Because there are a lot of people saying, I'm sick, I need to pray for it. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if you got a sniffle or you're missing your big toe. That's fine. We'll pray for that. But understand what is taking place here. 
James says here, and the prayer of faith. All right, this is where our, our, our little Greek lesson comes in here. Because what we have here is understanding what this prayer is. This is not just a prayer, you know, like, uh, okay, uh, God make him better, and uh, if it's your will, amen. You know, that, that's not the prayer. This prayer in which James is talking about here, it, it comes from a, 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 um, a different Greek word than like petition. This is actually a vow. So, so, so think about this. He, he's saying here, and the vow, okay, still a vow is pronounced. A vow is declared. He's saying a vow of faith. The, the Greek word here is pistis, meaning trust. It's the same word we get the word faith from, but it, it, the, the, the root meaning is trust. So think about this. A vow of trust. We're kind of... We're kind of Linking back into last week a little bit. We talked about, a lot about trust last week. So, and the vow of trust will save, another awesome word, sozo, S-O-Z-O, which, which means to, to heal or to deliver from. So a vow, read with me, the, 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 and the prayer, or the, I'm sorry, and the vow of Trust will heal or will deliver the one who is sick. Another awesome word here. This word, I think, helps bring this even more intimate into every single one of our lives. Camno. Camno. K-A-M-N-O. This, this sick which is translated here. And, and please, don't, don't, don't think that I'm like saying this is a bad translation. No, understand the Greek language. Um, the words have different meaning. There are multiple meanings. That's why God uh, wrote the, the New Testament in Greek because it's so full of life. So here, this word sick, and the one who is sick, this word, it, it's not just um, ill. Like the, the, the previous word, that it says there in verse 14, is anyone among you uh, sick? That, that means to be ill. The, 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 this other word, it means to be sick and to be exhausted. To be exhausted. So, so just, just think about that. Maybe you're not sick. Maybe I'm not sick. But there are areas in my life that I'm just exhausted, Right? I can be exhausted without being sick. So, so look here now and kind of um, bring this all back into, into focus here. And the vow of trust will heal the one who is exhausted. Don't, don't raise your hand, but how many of you are saying, that I, I want that? I'm exhausted. Like, maybe you're physically exhausted. Maybe you're just spiritually or mentally or emotionally just, I'm drained. I want that healing. James is very clear. He says here, the vow of trust. The, 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 the prayer of faith. So it's not anything special in which I say. It's not anything special in which you say in prayer. It's that, remember a couple weeks ago we talked about that posture of prayer where we're like, I'm humbling myself before you, God. I'm confident in everything in which you um, are, are, are capable and you will do. I'm trusting you with my life. I'm laying it all before you. That's bringing all of this together, and that's that vow. That's saying, God, I'm dependent upon you. 
I, I, I can't do this on my own. I've tried. I've tried this and I've tried that. And, tried, and, and the, the sad reality is what we end up doing is we try a lot of things and still, instead of trusting God because for us it's easier to try because when we try we have control, right? But when we trust, we're, I don't have any control now. That's hard. And it's not just the control freaks out there I'm talking to, right? I'm, I'm not just, you know, saying, hey, because like, like, I can fall into that. It's everyone when we try, we still have control and we're holding on to this. No, we need to trust. So when he says this, and the vow of trust will heal, will deliver the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. That word for raise him up means to stand up. So think about this. You're beat down because that's what you, when, when you're exhausted, it's usually like this. It's usually like, oh. Man, man, I just want to lay down and just take a nap. Oh, I'm just so exhausted. But it says here that the, the, the vow of trust will, will deliver, will heal the one who is exhausted. It, it, and, and the Lord will stand him up or stand her up. It's not pulling yourselves up by the bootstraps, right? That, that, that's what everybody says. Okay, just pull yourself up by bootstraps and everything will be Okay. No, it, 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 it's a vow of trust to God. God, I want to be dependent upon you because only you can stand me up. Now, when I say this, when, I, when I'm talking about dependency on God, I'm not saying that you have no more responsibility. We have responsibility. It takes great effort and great obedience to be dependent. Because it's, it's dependent in God. It's dependent in, you know, I don't know all the circumstances. I don't know everything that's going to turn out in this. But I'm going to give that over to him. I'm vowing my trust to him. Because he's the only one that can heal me here. And then he says, therefore. Well, actually, he says, and in in, if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. That's part of how God stands you up. That's how, part of how you get out of that exhaustedness. Sins exhaust. I don't care what anybody wants to try to tell you. Sin exhausts you. It's a weight. Just think about that. Jesus talks about, that. Um, he, he, Jesus, or the Bible talks about Jesus being um, our, our, our bearer of weight, our bearer of burden, or um, I love the picture, he's the beast of burden. It's a beautiful picture when Jesus rides into Jerusalem um, uh, before he's crucified. You know, we have the triumphal entry, we have Palm Sunday, he rides in on a, a donkey, he rides in on the beast of burden or a beast of burden, but a week later he, he walks out of Jerusalem as the beast of burden. That burden is sin. So sin exhausts. When we understand that it, it, when we have sin in our life, that is pressure, that is weight, that is exhaustion that's happening. So when he says here that, that, that if you've committed a sin, he will be forgiven. When we trust and we're, we're dependent upon God, we're asking for forgiveness because it says that he's faithful and just to forgive if we, if we confess our sins to him. When we do that, we're taking, and when I, and I say we, it's actually when we confess, he's taking the sin off of us. That's why he says here, James says, therefore, because all that's true, 
Right? That little word therefore is you can, you can um, kind of uh, interpret that in your mind. Because all of that is true, because of everything I just said is true and it's applicable and it's important, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Again, this is not focusing in on the physical healing. Does physical healing happen? Absolutely. But he's talking about the spiritual nature of healing. He's talking about this exhaustion, this weight in which you're always carrying. He's talking about the sin. Because he says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Now, is it the prayer that you pray for one another that's going to forgive them? No, it's their confessing that's going to forgive. Only God can forgive sins. So why do I need to confess to one another if it's God who, who forgives sins? Because this is what happens. And, 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 you know, you're a liar if you say this, this doesn't happen to you. It's easy to confess sins to God. It's easy to confess sins to God. Wait, no, it's not that easy. Okay, it's easy to confess sins to God. It's hard to confess sins to someone when you're standing face to face with them. There's something that happens when you confess your sin to your brother or you confess your sin to your sister. What does it mean to confess? Again, what it means to confess is it's that dependent, dependency on God. When you confess, what you're saying is, God, what you said and what you have said, set forth is right. I jacked it all up. You, my confession is, I, 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 I sinned in this area. I did, I, I did not uh, meet your mark in this area. So I am speaking in accordance with your truth. That's what confession is. Speaking in accordance with, think about like you're paralleling God's here. So this is what God says. I'm coming alongside of, of what you have said, God, because I was way over here. But I want to come alongside of what you have said and this is where I want to be. So when we confess our sins to one another, what we're doing is, is we're making known to our brother and our sister that, hey, I'm coming alongside of God because I was not alongside of him. What, is that, what does that cause or what does that um, produce? It, it produces vulnerability, which is another one of those things that no one likes that. I don't want to be vulnerable. I got to act all tough, especially for us dudes, right? I gotta be tough. I'm impenetrable. Okay, if you were impenetrable, why does the why why did God specifically said that we need a shield? Because if you're impenetrable, you don't need a shield, right? No, we need a shield because we're not impenetrable. What we need to understand is um, being um, being able to 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 be uh, uh, um, to, to let things in is not a bad thing. Sometimes what we need to do is we need to be vulnerable so we can let things in so it purges out what's on the inside. And that's what confession to one another does. And it doesn't just stop there. It's not that, okay, I go up to Bobby and I confess my sins to him and whoo, I feel better. It says confess and pray. Confess and pray. It's not one or the other. So if I go and I confess my sins to Bobby... I'll use this word. He's obligated to pray for me. He's not obligated to pat me on the back and say, it's okay. It's okay. 
No, 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 no. Do, do we want comforted in times when we're hurting? Absolutely. But it's not okay to, to live in that sin. If Bobby really loves me and I confess a sin to him, the best thing he can do is, hey, you know what? You're, you're wrong. You, you, absolutely, you're wrong. God's right. You, you, you're wanting to be beside him. Okay, let me pray that, that we can get you beside him. And, and, and then we can protect you from that happening again. Because what confession does when we just confess to God is, God, I'm sorry. I looked at that stuff I shouldn't have done. You know, I shouldn't have looked at that again. Or, God, I, I, I did it again. I, I said some things I shouldn't have. Or, God, I, whatever. And, and it's easy to continually confess and confess and confess and confess. But when you're confessing about the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, that's not confession. I call it situational justification. Situational justification. You feel guilty about something, right? Maybe even you feel convicted. I would say it's more guilt because conviction leads to a closer intimacy with God. But you feel guilty about something. You just want to get it off your chest. Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. If I, okay, I'm, oh, I'm going to confess to you. But then if you go back to doing the same thing, all you did is talk to the speaker or the ceiling or whatever, wherever you're at, right? All you're doing is, oh, I just want to get it off my chest. No, there's purpose in when it, when it comes to confess your sins to one another because it is outside of your ability. It is outside of my ability so even if, you, if you're thinking, well, that person over here, that person over there, they're really holy, so they can probably confess them themselves because they're, you know, they're closer to God than I am. I need to confess to somebody else because I'm not as close to God. No. What you need to understand is when we confess this to God, we're showing this, okay, or when we confess to one another, we're showing that, okay, I want to get in line with God. I'm going to be, I want to be dependent on him. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what Bobby's going to think about me. I don't know what he's going to say to me. Maybe it's the sin against him. I don't know if he's going to punch me in the mouth. <laughs> I mean, then he would have to confess back to me, and it'd be kind of like we'd go back and forth. But at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're going to you know, have coffee. Well, tea. He, he, he's weird, like I didn't drink coffee. But we'll, and we'll be able to, to, to pray and, and, and sort these, this, these things out. Because it says that when two or three are gathered in my name, when it comes to conflict, that's what it's talking about in Matthew 18. When it comes into, into understanding that when we come together and we're, we're, trying, we're wrestling through what it is that, that, that is um, uh, weighing us down, the sin that's in our lives, when we're wrestling through that, it says that, that Jesus is present with us there. So understanding that this confession, confessing your sins to one another, praying for one another, this is what brings healing. Ultimately, the healing comes from the Lord. We know that. But this is our responsibility in this. This is how we can, be, we can be dependent upon God. It goes on to say, the prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. I think that the, 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 uh, the King James says something like, the, um, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Something like that. Is that about right, Miss Stephanie? Yeah, it's that there's power in prayer. The power in prayer is not your power. It's not my power. It's God's power. 
So when it says that it has great power in its working, it's because of the source of the prayer. Not the one saying it, it's the one that is, we're dependent upon him. That's where the power is. Some people that, that, that uh, will, will encounter this verse, they'll say this. Well, that, I mean, I, I don't fit this, I don't fit, I don't fit here because it says a righteous person. Man, I've done a lot of terrible things. You're absolutely right. You probably have. Well, see, I don't, I don't fit that bill. That's, that's not, I, I, I don't have any power because I'm not righteous. I love how the Bible is written because it's almost as if um, James, through the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, um, kind of anticipated uh, some of those thoughts, some of those, the, 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 those accusations, some of those lies. Because he goes on to say this, verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Yeah, but Elijah was this great man of God of the Old Testament. What James is saying here is Elijah is no different than you or I sitting here. What Elijah was, was dependent upon God. Turn back real quick to um, 1 Kings chapter 17. In 1 Kings chapter 17, we see just in verse 1 here, it says, Now Elijah the Tishabite of Tishab, or Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, which we understand who Ahab is. Ahab's a king now of Israel that is not a good king. He's not following after God. He's actually doing the complete opposite. So he says to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel, I love how he says that, like, okay, the Lord, the God of Israel, you know, the one that you're supposed to be king over, lives before whom I stand there shall be no, or neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. I, I, I love those words because in accordance with what James says here, that Elijah was a man uh, with a nature like ours, and then we read that, that Elijah himself says that he stands, or before whom I stand, he stands before God. What, what, what I see there and what we can see there is if his nature is like our nature, and that's declared here in Scripture, right? You, as a, as a believer in Jesus Christ, stand before God. You have the same power at your, and I'm going to say disposal. Obviously, the, the God is, is the one that does this. But you have the same power in which Elijah has or had. And we know that's one of those favorite stories where Elijah goes up on Mount Carmel and um, not, not, not Carmel like the, the, the dessert stuff, but Mount Carmel, but sweet things happened up there, right? Um, but he goes up on Mount Carmel with the, the, the prophets of Baal and they're uh, dancing around trying to get their God to, to consume the, the, the burnt offer, the, the offering. And, you know, Elijah says, maybe he's relieving himself or something. Just, you know, cut yourself more and yell louder. And then Elijah prays and woof, everything's consumed. 
same power, same nature. So when I say things like, okay, you can, I can be dependent upon God, it's because I can stand before him. How can I stand before him? Because of what Jesus has done. Because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, I can stand before God and I can pray and I can have confidence in him and I can trust him. And I can turn my life fully over to him. I can be dependent upon what it is that he wants me to do. Is he going to ask you to do things? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Some things he's going to tell you to do, right? Because that's how we are. We're, we're, we're thick-skulled sometimes. Hey, you need to do this. Does he do that because he, he wants you to have a, um, a dull life? Or he doesn't want what's best for you? No, he, wants to, he tells you to do this or not to do that because he wants you to have an abundant life, a full life. When we take and we pray, it goes on in, 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 in First Corinthians. Or I'm sorry, in First Kings uh, 18, it talks about after all this when when um, Elijah prayed and it rained. But when we when we understand that we we uh, we, we come to God and, and, and we're praying, we're and we're expressing our dependency on Him. That's not manipulation. If we come to God and we say, okay, you need to do this, you need to do this, and look at my, how jacked my life is here, and this, do this, do this, do this, do this. No, we're coming independently as if we're God and he is our sidekick. It's kind of like that bumper sticker says, you know, Jesus is my co-pilot. Terrible bumper sticker. Because if, if Jesus is your co-pilot, you're telling him what to do, you know. No, Jesus needs to be a pilot, okay? But what we need to understand is when we come to him, what we need to do is we need to come to him and say, okay, I'm going to give you this. I want to be dependent upon you. I'm going to express this through my prayer. I'm not going to manipulate if I say this and I say this and I say this, then poof, Puff the Magic Dragon comes out, right? Or the rabbit comes out of the hat or I, my, whatever it may be. There's no formula in, it, in, in prayer. There's presentation. It's we're presenting ourselves dependent upon God. And when we present ourselves dependent upon God, there's power there. Because at that point, anything that happens is not you, it's God. It may be through you, God may use you, but it's because you're being dependent upon him. So as we're, we're thinking about the, the, you know, over the last three, three weeks about confidence and trust and now dependency, just, just ask us ourselves, like, am I depending upon God? It, and it may, okay, baby steps, maybe some of you need to do this in a little bit, of, you know, in this area of your life or this, because if you do it all at once, you're just going to wig out. Okay, maybe some of you need to do that. If you're like me, you're an extremist, right? God, I want to be dependent upon you. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. It's going to be uncomfortable. Is it going to happen overnight? No, because I think where dependency and patience come in, they, they, they converge a little bit there. Here's some homework for you. If you don't believe anything that I just said, 
Read John chapter 17. Okay? I don't have to give you any more case because just read John chapter 17 and you'll see that the Son is dependent upon the Father. And if Jesus was dependent upon the Father, why wouldn't we be? And that is what we can say. We can be cheerful. So he says, if those who are cheerful among you, let them praise. That's how we're going to end. Let's pray. Our Father God, we want to be dependent upon you. God, we want to praise your name. God, as we end in song, as we end with, with, with a pronouncement of we are fully dependent upon you, God, let us... Um, let that be real in our lives. Let, let us not just say this, but let us do our best to do this. So we're not just trying, but we're trusting you. God, we know that, and I know, that there are, are, are a lot of us that are sitting here that feel exhausted. Let us understand if we're feeling that exhausted, that our vow of trust in you and our full dependency upon you, that you will heal, that you will deliver us from that exhaustion. Maybe there's some steps in which we need to do or we need to be able to identify what's going on. But God, we know that you're working in us. We praise you for that. God, continue to stir amongst us. And Lord, we, we give you everything. We praise in your name, Jesus.